Yeah. Throw the act. Just start the. Um, say hi and then go into the question, and then I'll just edit in the first part. Okay. Of just me talking. So. Okay, so first question we're going to be answering is, what is it like being a Christian at school? Do <laughs> you want to go? <laughs> um, yeah, so being a Christian at school can tend to be, like, good and bad, just because, like... Explain. <laughs> good would be, like, you share the gospel to your friends and, you know, the people in your school who just may have bad lives or like not mm. have a nice life at the moment and good and bad because of the judgment that you may get towards um you know me being a christian and based off of experience that i've faced at school they always tend to think like yes she's christian but she'll probably do what we do you know smoke do drugs have sex at a young age which is extremely sad to think that kids are actually doing it at our age um but besides like i guess like in my point of view it's like not at not at all like they say you know i see like being a christian for me is like having a fire for god and Amen. being on on task all the time with mm -hmm. him and spending that time because like I've had an experience and an encounter with um, an old friend where, you know, she'd be like, well, you've listened to this music before, but why aren't you saying these curse words? And in my head, I'm like, well, I'm just like, I don't, I'm not used to saying all these curse words and like saying all these things. And I'm like, well, you know, that's I don't, yeah, that's not how I live my life. And they always tend to give me like this weird look. Yeah. When I say, like, oh, I haven't, like, done what you guys have done, and they always... They are different. Yeah, give me these weird looks. So, yeah, that's that's how, what my point of view of it yeah. is. Yeah. For me, it's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, I don't really like going to school. <laughs> like, I hear about, like, um, all the evangelists and stuff like that talking about their experience in school. I'm, like, wow. It's, like, so different now because public school just accepts so many bad things now into their even the teachers will curse even the teachers yeah, that's true. will like condone they like agenda, yeah this bad action so then i kind of like at my school feel like i'm the only one like even the other christian i know they're just like still living like the world yeah. and it's crazy when i hear people saying like oh yeah i have the cross on my neck and like this and that when they literally don't act like christians that's what my school is like and it's just like i love them all you know i respect them all and i know they like a lot of them do love jesus it's just it's just like they're living like the world they haven't made that connection yeah yeah so it's just like for me i'm like low-key lonely there because like i like have a group of friends but i don't like being around them because they still act like the world and stuff like that and it's like i love them and like i do want to spend more time with them but i also don't want to like keep hearing the like mm -hmm. bad conversations they're having inappropriate conversations because yeah. I don't want to surround myself with that and so it's just like it's just like a hard um balance I have to make because I do want to spend time with people I do want to like make friends but it's just like I don't want to keep hearing like all those weird conversations all the time and like filling my head with that yeah. and so for me at school it's just like I go there because like 
I have to. <laughs> and, like, I don't, like, hate school. I really like learning. I like, you know, hearing funny conversations with people and stuff like that. It's just that I wish that, like, I could, like, be a Christian and around other Christians, not be by myself. That's my high school experience. Well, for me, um, being a Christian at my school, I live at my high school is very small we're less than a thousand kids and i know there are some high schools smaller than that but my school and just the territory that i'm in is very very it's very much so like they call it the bubble just because everyone's got their group everyone's got their clique and everyone is so like wrapped up in like this own small world and i definitely have never felt like i've been a part of that just because i like even just at a young age before i was a christian i always knew that i was just like I acted differently than other people and I just like didn't follow the crowd necessarily and especially like when I caught fire I just got even more revolted about the things of this world and the things that <laughs> I saw kids doing and I like it developed like less of a tolerance for that stuff so there's maybe one or two people like to be honest that like I can actually stand at my school and I could maybe hang out with outside of school and then other than that, like, I would, I'll be friendly with people. I'll have, like, my, I'll have my group of friends at school, but I will only, like, they're literally just at school because I'm, like, I, I can't, like, with their lifestyles, I would never hang out with them. And I've never personally had a face-to-face -face interaction where someone judged me for being a Christian, but I know, like, most definitely people on the sides, on, like, the sidelines have judged me or, like, maybe from afar have judged me, like, gave me a look. But honestly, I have more fear of being judged than like how much I actually get judged. Well, I, I used to and mm -hmm. now it's different. But that yeah. is my experience because I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not a popular person. I'm like I keep to myself. If someone approaches me, I'll talk to them. I'm not yeah, going to all of us are like that. <laughs> yeah, like I'll I'll talk to people but you know, I'm not going to try to force my way into being like a well known person. I'm like yeah especially because most of the people I don't want to interact with. I don't want to be associated <laughs> with them. Um, but that, yeah, that's my high school experience. Yeah. Mine was a little different because I was not living for the Lord. So I was like a party girl was like super into going out. Yeah. Super into, <laughs> I was super into, yeah. Everyone is always like in shock that I have such a different life and like am, am redeemed. You can hear you have to be quiet. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm give these girls pow pow. I never wanted to edit this out, so we need a quiet pause so that it'll go away. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, it was coming up on the gain. Oh. The gain is turned up. That's why. Okay. So if you hear, like, you'll be able to hear the whisper. Okay. So we'll just cut that. Out. Yes. So I was a party girl. I had a different uh, situation <laughs> in high school um, than the girls have. So I was out. You know, living for the world, drinking underage, smoking, doing everything that, you know, high school kids do, um, you know, trying to find my worth in the things that I did and, you know, who I was and how fun I was to be around. Um, and then when I got saved, I was, I, I was excited because I could see there's like, wow, there's like another way to live. Um, and it made me sad to realize like that people are trapped in a mindset and trapped like in a way of thinking, trapped in a way of living, that it's not because they inherently want to, but it's because the enemy has like convinced them that this is like all there is to life. Mm -hmm. Like there's only, you know, 
the only hope of enjoying life is drinking. The only hope of enjoying life is, you know, having so many people that you have sex with or whatever the case may be. Or how, you know, all the partying you can do, all the whatever you can do, whatever you name it. So when I started following Jesus um, when I was in high school, midway through, I, yeah, it just made me sad. And it really gave me like a heart to tell my friends about Jesus and to start witnessing. Um, but even then, it was still like difficult to teeter the line of like, this is, I really do have to like have a different way of living and draw a boundary for myself. Because I think we talked about this uh, in the Godliness podcast. It can be tempting to conform your way of living to what the world wants for you because you're, you don't want to offend people or you don't want to seem strange. Um, and I definitely felt that way, you know, after a few months of being with the Lord. But then, I mean, I just felt, especially, you know, being called into the ministry and starting really to take my faith seriously, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. By the time that I was leaving, I really just felt like, no, like I need to set myself apart and be different. And even more so, I feel like every year since being saved, it's been just growing more and more like how valuable it is to live a godly life, even in the midst of being around people that aren't saved. Because I've worked secular jobs before and people are even crazier when they're adults. Like people are crazy when they're kids, but people are just very matter of fact and they, you know, are living a lifestyle that you may not approve of. And it can be discouraging, but I, even in my job, I always went into it just thinking like, People are waiting to encounter Jesus Christ and God has anointed me and transformed me to be that encounter with Jesus Christ that people need to have. So I never like shied away. I was never like condemning of my coworkers. I was always just, I would like laugh things off or whatever when they would talk about things that they were doing or things that they were engaged in. Um, but I had so many conversations with people at work who weren't Christians or who had grown up or who knew a Christian or, you know, grew, grew up religious, grew up going to church, but they're not living for the Lord. And it opened a lot of doors for me because I was living differently than they were. And I don't think I it, I would have been able to have as many conversations had I been living just like the world because there would have been no difference for them to look into. So an encouragement too, you know, if you're young and you're like, oh, I'm the only one or this is terrible because I'm trying to live for God, but everyone around me is so lost. Stay encouraged and stay in faith and know that you are, God has appointed you and anointed you to be in your school, to be in your family, to be in the situation that you're in. For a reason and that's why you have to continue to be filled that's the importance of having faith-filled friends if you don't have them in school to have them outside of school to have them in church so you can continue to encourage one another and know that you're not alone and know that you can do what God's asking you to do in school so we're gonna move on to another question let's do what are some things that you want to accomplish in your next school year this doesn't apply to me because I don't go to school <laughs> so the girls you have to go first you don't all have to answer if anyone has an answer they can answer for me um it's more boldness because last year I was like half disappointed half like understanding like of like well yeah last year sorry sophomore year I'm going into junior year so like I didn't like share my faith as much as I wanted to and stuff like that and I like I know why it's because I was like kind of by myself so I felt like I had no one to like talk to about it and be like yo let's tell them about Jesus so the like few opportunities I had though were like still really powerful like one girl was going through a lot in her life and I saw that like she was like depressed and stuff and then I was quarantine started I was like oh no we're not gonna be able to see each other for a while so I texted her and like told her about God and it really helped her like and you know there's hope in her life now and so like next year for school I want to 
see more of an encouragement. Like, I'm an encouraging person, but I want to, like, use God as an encouragement mm-hmm. for anyone that I see that's, like, sad or broken. Like, I want to just be like, yo, here's my testimony. Like, I got healed from this, this, and that, mm-hmm. and you can be healed, too. So, yeah, I just want to be more bold. Mm-hmm. Anything else? What advice do you have for any high school slash middle school homies, homegirls watching? Any advice, any advice for middle school and high school, just school age peeps in general, any advice, whether it's like how to live for God, like how can I stop sinning? How can I start living for God? Or any piece of advice that, you know, you think would apply to someone who's in school. Well, this is some advice for, I guess, middle schoolers just because the younger you start to like try to like start to begin to plan out your life that's how it's it's going to the the your sorry like your, <laughs> the starting blocks that you have are definitely going to influence like your steps later in life so i would if you have the mentality of being like i'll just get more serious at high school get rid of that mentality because god wants you to start now he wants to use all of us mm. like no matter what age you are especially because we're kids like you know, First Timothy four twelve. You know, like we, He wants to use you, even if you're eleven or twelve. God wants to start using yeah. you, and um, beginning to cultivate your relationship with God at that young of an age, I believe will definitely help you in high school. Because I'm not gonna say like, no, I am gonna say at high school definitely it gets a lot worse. Like yeah. what people begin to do. Um, you, I know some middle schoolers will be like, wow, high school. I mean, middle school is so bad right now. Like seeing everything that these they're like worldly the worldly people around them are doing but in high school people just let loose and it gets a lot worse and um starting your relationship with god younger is definitely going to help you to to fight against whatever temptation may come your way or any thoughts of being like oh maybe it would be okay if i just like slack off a little bit so just for all the middle schoolers out there like start your start cultivating your faith early and start to fight the things of this world earlier and don't wait till you'd be like oh because a lot of christians a lot of christians do that they'll say i'm going to get serious with god later in life because i'm young and i have time but now <laughs> i'm just going to be young like start now it's going to definitely help you yeah. a lot later in your walk yeah definitely because that's how <laughs> i viewed like when i first started co- when i first started coming to church that's definitely how i viewed certain things like you know, I saw Alexa and Coco grow, and I was just like, oh, I'm not ready to give up, like, worldly things yet. Like, I'm not ready to, like, give up, like, this kind of music and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, that's definitely how I viewed things until not too long ago, maybe. Um, I think, like, during March, <laughs> March when, um, you know, God told me that he wanted me to work into the ministry and stuff like that, I finally just realized that, like, I need to stop saying, I'm going to start doing it this time and this day, and I just, and I finally, yeah, in my head, I was like, I just got to do it, I have to go for it, because (laughs) if I keep waiting and waiting, it's just going to keep going, yeah, Yeah, and I'm, and I'm just never going to have that chance, so that's Mm -hmm. definitely, you know, and for both middle school and high schoolers, um, surround yourself with godly people above all else because you're going to be in this 
sin-infested location known as school for <laughs> five out of the seven days of your week, and you definitely need um, you definitely need friends that are going to be around you that are going to encourage you and build you up because you're not going to find much encouragement in your schools just because I believe what there's a high, very high statistic I know like definitely like over ninety percent of like of um, people in high school like you know aren't living for the Lord like there are very very few saved people and even people who say that they're quote-unquote christians but obviously like living a really trash lifestyle so surround yourself with people that are going to build you up and carry you along because if you maybe reach a low point maybe if you're struggling like being a christian in your high school like having people to build you up is going to be so essential and it's going to help you even more so like live out your faith and to turn away from the things of this world and really obey what the scripture that maria read earlier romans um you know one through two but specifically like don't what did i say you said romans one oh romans 12 (laughs) um yeah romans 12 like when it specifically like says don't copy the behaviors or customs of this world like that is going to be essential surrounding yourself with people that are in sync with you like in like in sync with you on a spiritual level that's going to help you throughout the rest of your high school experience and middle school experience my advice for I guess both as well is to like just be bold because even at my school there's so many people like without even knowing them like you would never like getting to know them you would never know they like went to church or like believed in God so like get to know people be bold like introduce yourself to different people even if like they hate you at the end like it doesn't matter how they respond like sow a seed into them and like the reason why I'm saying that is because, like, I'm thinking about my school right now. Like, there's so many people that wear that cross. So they have a heart for Jesus. They just don't know the full truth. They're just, like, busy living for the world. Or maybe they're not, like, going to church, but they believe in God. Yeah. So if you're that person that's like, oh, you believe in God? Like, so do I. Like, this is what I learned about God. It's so cool. This is what he did in my life. It could really, like, open their eyes and allow them to see, like, wow, there's more to being a Christian than just believing in yeah. God and this and that so it could really you know change people's lives if you just speak up and be bold and like don't hold back anymore because you have to always remind yourself it's hard sometimes but you have to remind yourself like this is not like we're not supposed to be living life for the world or living life to please people or Mm -hmm. even to please ourselves there's only one person we need to please and that's god because when we go to heaven he's gonna know all these all the things we did in our lives good and bad but what he's going to look at is when we became Christians, what we did for him, what we did to help yeah. others learn about him. And if you look back and you were and realize that you were too scared to say anything or speak up, like you're going to be so sad. So don't be sad about it. Like start speaking up. Like for me, like in high school, I started becoming more quiet because, you know, just things were happening in my life. And now I'm starting to teach myself to like be bold again and not hold back when it comes to sharing the gospel. So that's my advice for you. I'm looking at some of these questions. Ooh, these are juicy. (laughs) Should Christians go to parties? Should Christians be drinking in high school? No. You as a Christian. It violated the law. what, (laughs) What is your opinion on partying and living it up? What, how is anyone going to know about Jesus unless I go to these parties oh, and oh. tell them? What's your opinion, you know, in a loving way? What do you guys have to say? What do you have to share along these lines? What is your personal conviction? And what? Tell me from the word, because we can all have an opinion, but 
from the word, what do you think um, is your conviction personally? And then do you have a word to the wise? How about you go with that, Dara? I just saw it. Wait, so per- like personally, like yeah. Do you know? Do you think what do you, do you think is correct? And then you know, you can give your son. Oh, okay. Talk <laughs> Well, I personally, I personally, like think that Christians shouldn't go to parties, just because usually parties you're surrounded by alcohol and oh, drugs, yeah. and you know sometimes it could lead to very very um serious things but I personally think they shouldn't go to parties because based off like a lot of people in my school go to parties and you know they post it on their social media and you just see that like there's so much sin in that room and it's crazy to think you know you got people doing like all these things like they're like literally underage drinking which is crazy the fact that like and like you're in middle school so it's so crazy that kids are already doing that in middle school yeah and then like like sometimes in my head i'm like where do they get like these things because Mm -hmm. like as a minor you're not just gonna pull up to a store with like a fake id and be like (laughs) they're not (laughs) yeah so um i personally think they shouldn't go just because of the surroundings in the party Because I feel like if you're really, like, going to be a Christian and want to be on fire for God, you have to surround yourselves with godly, like, people Mm -hmm. and godly things. Because if you surround yourself with just sinful nature, you're going to start living like the world. And you're going to not be in the right, I guess, like, situation. situation. I agree. Because, like... You know, I hear about all the tea when the parties happen. There's this one big party where it just got so crazy. And I'm listening to this stuff like, oh, my goodness. Like, that's just, like, so wild what happens there. And so, like, for me personally, like, when I was not saved, I was like, oh, I want to go to, like, at least one party in my high school life, you know, to see what it's, like, all about and stuff like that. But now I'm – now that I'm saved, I'm like, oh, no, because literally – that place is just a place of sin. People go there, they get drunk. People go there to do drugs. People go there to sleep with each other or gossip or to do all these things that God says we should not be doing. And, you know, you can be a Christian and be like, well, I'm a Christian. You know, I want to go there to, like, speak life into them. You know, I don't have to drink. I'll just, you know, talk to people. But at the same time, it's like, why would you go in a place where you could be tempted, where you yeah. can, like, yeah. you're not gaining anything from going yeah. there. And people most likely won't gain from you because they're busy drinking, they're busy living their own lifestyle. Like, of course, if the Lord tells you to go there, then, like, pray about it, <laughs> seek wisdom, and stuff like that. But, like, it's just, you know, then they're going to look at you like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she parties, like, just because you went there. Even if you didn't drink, even if you didn't do anything else, they'll be like, they'll identify you as everyone else. And we're called, like the scripture Maria read and Alexa mentioned, to be set apart and different from them. And also, Alexa and I were talking about this. If it's, like, a sin to do drugs, like, drugs like cigarettes and stuff like that. And then my viewpoint on it, I think it was the same scripture. Like, your body is a temple of the, Holy Sp- of the Holy Spirit and of God. So, like, you need to treat that body right. Because, like, even with exercise, you have to treat that body right, which I need to work on, not going to lie. But it's just, like, <laughs> but it's, like, 
you're letting like drugs control you like when you have like do cigarettes when you do any other drugs like you get addicted to it and then you're letting something else have control over you you're letting something else have control in your life and you know we should only be you know giving ourselves to god and to nothing else so that's my viewpoint yeah a scripture that goes along exactly with what coco is saying is first corinthians 6 verse 12 it says you say i'm allowed to do anything but not everything is good for you and even though you are allowed to do anything I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God is going to do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. Our bodies were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about your body. And God will raise your body up uh, from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you know that your body is actually part of Christ? So should, should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For scripture says the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Hallelujah. So we're one with Christ. Verse 18, run from sexual sin. Run. We're, we're, we're going into this part now. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's the perfect you know, thing to say that people will just think like you can do whatever you want. And a lot of Christians are caught in this trap. They've never had any encounter with the Holy Ghost. So they just think Christianity is all about doing the right thing. And it's about not doing things that are bad. And there's an objective, uh, you know, scale of what's bad and what's not bad. But you don't have to live your life weighing the cost of what's good and what's bad and trying to miss out. You can actually have joy in serving the Lord and not living for the world and reaping a reward for choosing to live for God. Yeah, it's storming over here, so don't mind our reaction. But, you know, something that I think is so important that I wanted us to talk about is literally what I just started reading out of 1 Corinthians 6. Sex is so important to talk about, especially with people that are young. Because in our world, I'm telling you guys, some some people, maybe there's some people watching. (laughs) Just huge thunder. There's people watching where you don't think, how could anyone, you know, how could kids be, you know, wanting to do those things? You know, Lexis just came out of middle school. How could middle schoolers be doing those things? I'm telling you, yeah. I have seen it all. I have heard it all. And there's there are, are children that are sexually active. There's kids in school, in high school, that are sexually active. Their parents are encouraging them to be sexually active, encouraging them to, you know, just do things that are incorrect according to the scriptures. And now you know why it's so important. It's If you're watching this and you've been lukewarm about this subject, and you maybe you haven't had cross that boundary yet but you're like you know it doesn't matter if I wait till marriage if you get nothing else out of what we're talking about today get something out of what we're about to say where you don't the Bible says you don't have to give any part of your body and give it as an instrument for wickedness or an unrighteousness you can be set apart and trust in the Lord and wait on God and God will have someone set apart for you and set you apart for someone else where you're gonna have such an effect on the kingdom of God and you won't have to carry in you know, 
any kind of shame or guilt. And you know what the great thing is? You don't have to carry shame or guilt anyways, even if you've made a mistake, even if you've messed up. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So God can make you totally new. So you don't have to walk in with any kind of baggage. But what I'm saying is that you're going to come to a point in a relationship with someone where out of respect, you're going to have to address those things that have happened with someone else. Not because they're going to shame you, not because God shames you, but because as adults, as an adult, as someone, you know, who loves someone with the love of Christ, you're going to have to address those things. And God doesn't want you to have to sit there with a a laundry list of things to address. There's a, a better way. And this is, you know, for young people, there's a better way of living. You don't just have to live with regret. You don't have to, you know, make a mistake that can, you know, alter your life because you don't know any better or because no one's ever told you any better. We're here to tell you. If you have no one in your life telling you, I'm here to tell you and we're here to tell you that there's a better way. So I just want to, I don't know, open the floor for anything you guys have in, in that sense of thing with dating and relationships. I know that was a big thing. Should we even be dating in middle school? Should we even be dating in high school? And, you know, I think it's everyone's decision to make. No one should force you to make any kind of decision. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you probably heard that huge lightning. But um, should you even make that kind of decision? And to me, you have to look at, we're going to do a whole other episode about this, but you have to look at dating as the setup for marriage. And if dating is the setup for a marriage relationship, then dating should have the ultimate end of being marriage. I have something completely kind of on topic, random. But um, I saw this post and someone was like, is dating premarital marriage? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, think about it. Premarital marriage. It's a test run. So, to me, I just don't think that you should be dating. You shouldn't see dating as something that's like light and chill. You should be looking at dating seriously. You should have boundaries set up before you before you ever get into a relationship. Once you're in a relationship, it's not the time to define those things. You should have that well-defined before you get into a relationship with someone so you never get into a situation where you're compromising because you didn't have a standard. You have to have something to stand on. And what we just read is a big <laughs> standard to stand on, that none of your, no part of your body should be you know, giving way to sexual sin, which means that, you know, as a Christian woman, as a Christian young people, as a Christian old person, as a Christian adult, as whatever, Christian period, I should not be engaging in sex with someone when I'm not married to them. The Bible says, don't awaken love before it's time, mm-hmm. which means that if we're not married, we shouldn't be l- doing things that are going to lead to us possibly being put in you know, harm's way and putting into t- being put in temptation so to, to end up going there. Because I don't think anyone wakes up and is like, you know what? Today's the day. And for some people, <laughs> maybe you do wake up and you're like, today's the day. But praise the Lord you're listening to this now because it ain't going to be your day anymore. But many of us, we don't just wake up one day and start, you know, selling drugs on the streets, start living a life Girl, of sin. So- it's just a progressive, it's progressive over time. Your fire starts to go out progressively over time. Yeah. You start to bend the rules a little. Yeah. You start to change the way that you thought. And then over time, you end up in a situation that's like totally out of the will of God. End up having ma- and made mistakes or making actively making mistakes. And it's not what God wants for you. And it's not too late for you to be restored or redeemed. And we're going to pray and believe for the Lord to restore you. <laughs> Lex has something to say. Like, 
just like with the whole relationship thing, like I've personally have never been in a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) But the way I see it is like, first I'm going to have like a strong relation and like sturdy relationship with God before I even like start a different relationship with some other person. Because like if you go into in a relationship and you're just like starting off, you know, as a beginner or like, you know, like if you start off like you're gonna focus you're gonna start like making you're gonna start making time for like your boyfriend or girlfriend mm-hmm. and then god you know it's yeah. and it sometimes comes to that point which is like really sad because you're starting to like yeah i don't know how to say you're it choosing like choosing one over the other yeah so um <gasps> i always see it as like all right before i even get in a relationship I need to focus myself on God yeah. before I even focus yeah. myself on some yeah. man or, or oh. others, yeah. maybe on here, um, and maybe a guy or like women, you know, mm-hmm. because if I if I do get in a relationship and I'm still not in the right place oh. with God, and start focusing on some other another human being, <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna start focusing on like yeah, you'll start like idolizing them like I saw this kid's testimony wow. he like wasn't a Christian and then when mm. well he was going through issues with homosexuality and so he was dating this guy and he started idolizing the guy wow. and like looking at him as his everything and then when he lost him when they broke up it was like his whole world fell apart yeah. there was no reason to live anymore since this person Ooh. he like loved so much was taken away from him so like like what Lex is saying, you need to make sure that you put your eyes on God yeah. first because, you know, you need to you know focus on God. You can't idolize a person because then when they're out of your life, it's like they're gone forever. Your yeah. life isn't worth it anymore. But God never leaves. So Amen. when you put your trust in Him, will never fail. Amen. I think you have to realize too on the topic of suicide. Alex is going to give a testimony and kind of share from her experience. Wait a minute, what? Uh, <laughs> she wants to share from her experience. That's what I call testimony. But, you know, I think one thing that we do have to realize is that we're not, we can't sit here and tell you dating is a sin in high school or in middle school because the Bible doesn't ever clearly outline dating is a sin. But there was also not an instance of dating in the Bible. We really don't see that. We see arranged marriages. So you have to, you have to think like there's a difference there's a difference in, in how culture is from back then to now. Does it, that's not saying that, you know, we can just do whatever we want because culture is so different. No, absolutely not. And, but again, I'm not, we can't sit here and tell you it's a sin if you go and date. Absolutely not. Yeah. But what is the reason that you want to be in a relationship so bad? Is it because everyone else is yes, in a relationship? Yes, exactly. Freshmen, do not date because everyone else no. is trying to get a boyfriend girl. Yes. Is it, is it, <laughs> yes. Are you trying to, are you trying to fit in? Is, is it because you feel you know, left out, you feel mm-hmm. the odd one out. Is that why you want to be in a relationship? Do you want to be in a relationship because you happen to find someone very attractive, very alluring? Do you want to be in a relationship because you're trying to fill a different kind of void in your heart mm-hmm. and you think that a relationship is the only way to fill that void? That's so I, God. amen. Oh, I can, oh. I, I really like challenge you guys to think about those things before you ever allow yourself to get into a relationship with someone. You need to be a whole person. You know, the thing that I hate that I see Lots of people post about on social media when they're bragging about their significant other. They're like, I found my better half or I found the half of me that was always missing. But that's not a godly principle because you're supposed to be restored 100% in Jesus' name. You can be all there. You can be 100%. So biblically, if we're looking at it, 
you're not two 50% coming to make 100%. Wow. Because what happens on a bad day? You're not at 50%. You're at like 35% or 40%. Mm. And they're at 50, but there's still a gap in between you two. And you're not going to be as strong as you could be for the kingdom, as strong as you could be for your children, for one another, as if you were a whole person. So the point of, you know, building yourself up in, in faith is to be a whole person. I'm whole apart from any relationship that I have with another human being on this earth. And I need to be satisfied in Jesus Christ alone. I need to be satisfied in my identity. I should actually be setting myself up for marriage. I should be setting myself up to be a, a, pa- a good parent, setting myself up to be, a, to be a good wife, a good boyfriend, a good girlfriend. And the only way that you're going to do that is by setting yourself up in Christ and being 100% mm-hmm. restored and renewed in Christ. If you have insecurity issues, those things should be getting dealt with before you ever get into a relationship. If you have anger problems, those things should be getting dealt with before you get into a relationship. If you have problems with boundaries, that should be getting dealt with before you get into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Because a relationship is only going to bring those problems to the surface mm-hmm. because you're dealing with another person's personalities and another person's problems. So I would very much encourage you, don't bow your knee to what the world is doing or to what's popular. Even Christians, you know, are very lax and chill about it. Always go back to the word. The word is everything that we should build our lives on. And if it's not in the word and it's not exemplified in the word, then it just can't be in your life. And don't feel like you're missing out. God will give you joy in your singleness. God will give you joy as you prepare yourself to be with the person that he has for you. But while you're waiting on your mans, you don't have to settle for, or your woman's if you're watching. You don't have to settle for a, a scrub or a bum. That's not what God has for you. He has a perfect plan for your life, which means that he has someone for you that is going to be the best person for you to be with. And so I would just encourage you guys, before, right before Alexa's going to you know, give her two cents into the matter, be a whole person. And you know what the Bible actually says? This is some hot piping tea for you. The Bible says, the, the Apostle Paul actually encourages you, if you can stay single, that you should be single. If you don't have that burning desire inside of you to be in a relationship, you shouldn't be in one. That you, It's okay to not be in one. It's, it doesn't make you strange to not be you dying know. at the thought of having a relationship. That's actually normal because when you're so satisfied in Christ, you don't need anyone to come along and add anything of that. Again, not because marriage isn't for is wrong and evil and because dating is wrong and evil, but just because you can be so satisfied in Christ that those things have very little effect on you. And you know, the Bible says that God will give you the desire of your heart and the desires of your heart. So if you have that desire to be married, you have that desire to one day have a family, of course the Lord will provide you with a godly spouse. And not only will he provide you with it, you can actually activate your faith to believe God for a spouse, to believe God for exactly what you want in a partner. But you can be satisfied in your singleness and satisfied in who you are as an individual before you ever reach that point. All right, y'all. She's about to pop off. Um, yeah, I'm about to get a little serious just because this is my intake on it, especially because before I truly gained fire, I just kind of saw dating as like a lot of young people see it. It's just, it's like whatever because you see everyone else doing it. I've seen people get into relationships like in the fourth grade. and Not the fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, I never got that far but i remember like being a 14 praise year old. god <laughs> he <laughs> delivered you from the, that fourth grade boyfriend um honestly with me and like boys and dating in general i once again felt set apart and different from everyone else because 
up until maybe I was like 11 or 12, I looked at everyone. I'm like, why, why is even dating an option? Okay. So I'm going to go on a little more serious note because my experience definitely with dating and relationships is pretty drastically different from Lex and Coco's. Oh, wow. That's really close. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, so being a lukewarm Christian, like I remember at the age of 14 being like, I'm ready to date. Like it's, it's nothing because I saw dating as everyone else that it's okay to date. You're just, it's just something fun to do like in the moment, but that's really not how you should view dating. Because honestly, I remember talking to my dad as a 14 year old and he was like, Alexa, dating is preparation for marriage and you're 14. Like you're not going to be getting married anytime soon. But that did not stop me, unfortunately. I still was battling my flesh versus truly trying to maintain a relationship with God. So I did, I, I don't even really know what to call it, but for a period of time, you know, I was attached to this, attached to this guy, and I would talk to him daily. But, you know, what Coco was saying earlier, it's like I didn't start to idolize him, but it definitely the the relationship I had with him definitely pushed me away from God and I did not prioritize God as much as I wanted to and throughout the about two year period that I talked to this guy I definitely felt conviction every single time not maybe not every single time I went to church but majority of the times I went to church I would feel conviction because I would be thinking of the scriptures in the Old Testament where it says honor your mother and father and I knew definitely 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 my parents were not for anyone dating because my older my older brother like didn't date in high school and if I dated it was open doors for my older brother uh, for my younger brother and that would I didn't understand that I was just like I was being a bratty teenager being like oh they are, they just want to be strict parents and all this stuff but I'm thankful that they are quote-unquote strict and just in general I'm like is this God's will for my life because even though I was lukewarm I really did have a fire and a passion and a hunger to be on fire but there are so many blockades in my life that was preventing me and even being lukewarm something that I didn't realize until after I finally had my breakthrough in my life with God I was I was broken mm -hmm. and I really was not in a correct headspace I really didn't like who I was and the th honestly w w some great advice that I can give to people don't get into a relationship if you don't love yourself because how can you love someone else if you can't love who you are first mm -hmm. and i realized that as soon as i stopped talking to this guy and really god revealed it to me he's like you still have stuff that you need to fix until you can be at a comfortable position like with yourself and accept who you are and truly look at yourself in the mirror and be like i am i'm okay with where i'm or i'm doing great in my relationship with God and I think finally like I'm at a place where I can start pursuing a different uh, you know start pursuing a relationship with someone else like you you need to get to that place in your relationship with God before you can even start remotely like thinking or pursuing someone else and I didn't realize that and I had to learn that the hard way and that's why personally for me I've made um I made a vow with myself essentially to not date in high school because I don't think it's something that I'm going to benefit from. And I've definitely gotten backlash for that. Even talking to other Christians, I'm like, I definitely just don't think personally for me 
that dating is something that should be um, pursued while you're in high school. And obviously what Maria was saying before, you know, we can't full out say like don't date in high school or don't date in middle school because I've definitely heard stories where people have started dating in high school and have made it all the way. But their story is different from my story and their lifestyle and their position when they're at at my age is different than where I was at. (laughs) And even like this is kind of sounds savage, but it's not meant to be savage. There's still obviously quote unquote Christian guys and even some people that I've truly admired like for the relationship with God that have pursued me and I'm over here I'm, I say sorry I'm like I'm not this is not something that I want even talking to them I'm like let me keep my boundaries because I don't want to accidentally insinuate something yeah keep social keep this <laughs> yeah let us Hallelujah. <laughs> social distance from these boys because you don't realize if you're not equally the Bible talks about being equally yoked And if you settle for someone because you're like, oh, I'm young, let me just have this little fling with this guy. If you settle for someone just because you allow yourself to backslide a little bit on something that is so precious and something so sacred, because it really, really is preparation for marriage. And marriage is such an essential part of, like, it's talked about in the Bible, obviously. Like, the Bible says marriage is something that is set apart. It's something intimately special. And preparing, and dating is not something that should be taken lightly. So if you start to settle and you're with someone who's unequally yoked with you, they're going to pull you down. Like, I don't see, I really, really don't see many circumstances where someone who's a Christian dating a non-Christian person brings them to the Lord. I see it in the context of a married couple. I see that happening a lot. But in the context of dating, it's nine, I'm not going to say nine times out of ten, but majority, (laughs) majority of the times. Because you're not responsible for them. The only thing that makes you responsible for another human being is being their parent and being married to them. Mm -hmm. But dating, you have that ability, like, zero to 100, like, to be out. And I think what Alexa is sharing is so important and so valid, and you should really take it to heart. And I think the difference is that you, you could be like, well, yeah, I know people that survived, you know, dating in high school and they're married. But, you know, every story like that has to do with them hearing the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And having that relationship with the Holy Spirit to know, God, is this from you? Or is this a relationship that I'm carrying out on my own flesh? Ways to know, is this relationship from God? If your boundaries are always being pressed, this relationship is probably not of the Lord. If you're just consistently pushing a, a boundaries being pushed. And even if you don't have those intentions, you could be two Christians. And, you know, be like, this is a great relationship. But every time, you know, you allow yourself to, like, cross one line, it just seems to go further and further and deeper in. And just like we read before at our 1 Corinthians 6, God's design and plan for you isn't for you to just unite yourself with people sexually as as many as you can, like, to get the best out of life. That's not the way that it works. You don't have to try every flavor to know which one you like best. That's a worldly way of thinking. And you don't – it doesn't have to be that way. Any kind of lust – doesn't it's not from the lord jesus when he was speaking to people literally said if you even look upon a woman with lust with lust in your mind and in your eyes it's like you've already committed adultery with her in your heart so we have to actively guard ourselves from being in that point where we're lusting after one another and you cannot you can find someone attractive you should find the person that you're dating attractive (laughs) that's just you know human law that's that's okay but if you're, the envelope is being pushed all the time, it's, it's probably not something that's coming from the Lord. And you need to receive that correction from God today. If you're in a relationship with someone, even if they're a Christian, they have a calling to do great things. If they can't even respect you and respect what the Lord's already said in his word, 
that is his standard. How is this? How is he going to go on to do things that are great and, and wonderful if he can't even you know obey what the word is already saying now? If you can't even obey what the word is saying now, because it takes two to tango. If you can't even obey what the word is asking you to do now, how is yeah, God going to entrust you true. with greater things if you can't control your flesh? Like he's already given you the ability to control. You're just unwilling to submit mm-hmm. yourself to his leading in your life. So I think develop a very close relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he'll never lead you astray. God never, he's not a man that he should lie. That's Numbers 23, 19. And he never changes his mind. So he's never going to go against what his word says. So you need to have that close relationship with God. And kind of like what they were saying earlier, you need to be surrounded with people that hear from the Holy Spirit too. And that have a close relationship with him. And that are living godly. Because they will, if they start to see you fall astray, they're going to start speaking up to you. Because it's our biblical mandate to do that to one another. So I think this is just a really great, like, transparent conversation to have and it's so important to have this conversation now like if you're a young person watching this you don't have to make a mistake you don't have to start you know sleeping around and then you know get your life together you can be set apart from now until you are on your wedding night and you get to you know enjoying what the lord created for marriage Mm -hmm. so you don't have to give in to what the world wants you to you don't have to feel bad about the stance that you're taking but you know that we build our lives upon the word. And what Coco said earlier is true. One day we're going to face a judgment that's called Bema. And it's the judgment of works. And the Bible says that your works are going to be tried by fire. And only what is, you know, precious is going to endure. What's built from gold, what's built from, you know, precious metals. And building your life on the way of this world is sinking sand. Building your life on the way of this world is like building a house with straw. It's like building a house with, you know, wood materials that when the fire comes, they're not going to withstand the fire of God. But when you build your life on the word and you do what the word asks you to do, even if it is difficult, even if it in the moment you don't want to, you put your flesh into subjection into your spirit yeah. every time. Amen. Go, Coco. The fruit of the spirit, self-control. And it's probably the most important one. You know, everything else hangs on that because if I can practice self-control, I'm never going to lack, you know, patience with someone. I'm never going to lack love for someone. I'm yeah. never going to lack joy if I just do everything, you know, with a spirit of, um, I don't know what that word is, but with a do, uh, do everything, prudence. Like, prudente <laughs> is like a Spanish word, but prudence. And prudence is like, yeah, like taking a regard for what you're doing. Let's look up the Google definition of prudence. Ready? The quality of being cautious. Cautious, wise exercising good judgment yeah so do everything with wisdom and the wisdom that comes from god is the highest form of wisdom so let's move on let's move on if you guys have any other questions about relationships or you know intimacy or dating please send them at to the remnant um instagram or the remnant youth instagram as well and we can do a whole nother video based on that as well friendships we talked a little bit about this bfs biffles friendships are you friends with sinners? Are you friends with people that don't know the Lord? Um, the answer, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just plain text, honestly. No. Uh, are you friends with people that knows? It's, I'm not as asking for an imperfect answer. I'm just yeah. saying, is it possible? Are you friends, friends with someone with who are unbelievers? Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it possible? 
well, Jesus hung out with the taxpayers. Tell them, give them the scriptures. Like Jesus hung out with the taxpayers and um, sinners. Tax. Wait, what did I say? Tax he sinners? said tax tax collectors and sinners. That's okay, yeah, tax collectors and sinners. And those are people by you know the the very 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 religious people, the very reli- religious Jews. They were just looked down upon as just they were just how do I they were just they're the lowest hated. they were hated they were seen as like the lowest people in society and just was like no um the good the great news and the hope that I'm going to give to the world is open to everyone even the people who are rejected so I don't think it's bad for you know for any one of us to say yes like I'm friends with unbelievers because honestly we live in a very fallen world and there are definitely more unsaved people than there yeah. are saved people and how can we reach people yeah. if, you know, Ooh. we don't establish a connection with them? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, I think there's Be a difference. Be like them. Yeah. yeah, there's a difference between being best friends with an unbeliever and, you know, being friends. Because I believe you do have to be careful with who you allow um, to be, cl- like, to be the closest people in your life. Because you're going to become the people that you are closest to. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily okay to, let's the say you're five. Says, we oh. talked about this. Bad company corrupts good, good character. character. Mm-hmm. So if your clo- five closest friends are drinkers, are addicts, are people who sleep around, and you're consistently hanging out with them, that's it's gonna be your portion too. Oh. And that's not something I would necessarily support as a Christian. But I do believe we do need to start establishing relationships with unbelievers because if you like, it, not necessarily that it's bad to. Just go up to people, you know, soul winning. You don't need to have a connection with anyone at all to soul win. But I think you have to have. You just have to have compassion for yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's something also I think is really nice about being friends with unbelievers. You know, we need to have compassion for people who are sinners. And if you consistently look down on people, like, oh my gosh, this person does X, Y, and Z, and that's against the Bible. I can never associate myself with them. Like, that's not what Jesus said when he was going to the taxpayers, you know, when he was going to people, people who had leprosy, people yeah. who were looked down upon. And that's not, that's not the attitude that Jesus would have. Mm-hmm. So I think also something that I heard evangelist Jonathan Shuttles would say in one of his podcasts was, you know, when you, sometimes you're with people, like, un, like you're stuck with people that you don't want to be necessarily with, but you're like, God, why am I in this position right now? Sometimes you're god is like allowing you to be with those people to um even grow your distaste towards their lifestyle even more Mm -hmm. so you know being around people who are unsaved will i think as a person who's trying to pursue a relationship with christ will will show you that like i really don't want to you know live the lifestyle that they're doing and would even more want help you allow you to spread the good news to them being like i see where you're at and And to learn how to do it like the whole that's like the perfect example Mm -hmm. It's like, kind of like, it's an opportunity for you to learn what it feels like being set apart from the world. Like, you can still be friends with people. You can still, you know, have a good relationship with them. But, like, it teaches you how to, you know, put boundaries for yourself that they might not have the same boundaries, but you understand yourself as a Christian. Like, I know I'm not going to, like, gossip with them. Even though they gossip, I don't want to do that myself. And learning how to also fight against temptation because they'll be doing things that, you know, maybe you don't, want yourself to do so it teaches you how to like take that self-control and be like i'm not gonna do that yeah amen how has having (laughs) finishing my thought how has having strong christian friends or friends that are strong in their faith impacted your life personally oh it's definitely 
it's been life changing, honestly. Because for those of you, I don't think I shared this the last time I was um, on this podcast, but I was saved March 14th of last year. So I am a couple of a year and a couple of months, like truly, truly saved. And within that time frame of a year, I've definitely been blessed to grow was closer. Was it the 13th? Sorry for interrupting. It, yeah, it was okay, the okay. Thursday night we went to a Peck yeah, Wave yeah. Rod and saw Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember I remember all the juicy details. <laughs> but um, where was I? Oh, throughout between then and now, I've definitely had the ability to just grow to have an amazing friendship yeah. with Maria with Lex with Coco and with other people <laughs> and <laughs> and with other and with other friends that aren't on the podcast right now but I've definitely God has definitely blessed me with so many Christian friends that I can you know just rely on like I definitely know that anytime I need help or advice I know I can definitely go to Coco I can go to Lex I can go to Maria cuz I also know that you know, if I, I can't be, ju- that I won't be judged by them. You know, if I'm like truly struggling, I can go to one of them being like, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Like, I, I do need some people, I do need some encouragement, I do need some people to lift me up. And also, you know, just knowing that this is like, I, Jesus doesn't call us to live, you know, a life of isolation, to live a life where you don't have friends and you don't have people, like, you know, women of, women or men of god it says it's not good for man to be alone in yeah. genesis yeah that's very true and that's why i'm just blessed that god has you know allowed me to meet all to meet all of you guys because definitely i don't know where you can you can be a saved person but if you don't have other people around you to walk your walk this walk of faith with you it's really it's going to be really really challenging yeah it's difficult especially in my situation since there's no like you know Christians at least in my classes that like are really serving God and stuff like that so then if I didn't have you guys I'd literally legit be by myself like just with my family but that's still like kind of you know a different situation and I was thinking about this the other day too because like we were in youth group together you know before we got saved like we were in youth group like well besides Maria but like she because she's our leader but we were in youth group and you know there was you know, a time where there was issues, there was a time where there was drama, <laughs> and that's when we were not saved, but, it, like, I was thinking about this, I was like, wow, as soon as each and every one of us got saved, and we all got saved literally around the same time, Facts. like, once God became the center of our hearts and the center of our relationship, it, like, all of a sudden, we were all so close, all of a sudden, we were all hanging out all the time and spending time together, so we really, like, before we were having issues with each other before there would be fights and like we knew each other for a few years so like it was just like so many like difficulties that we went through when we were not saved but as soon as god was the center of our relationship was our foundation like we could like just with dating jesus needs to be the foundation like of any relationship you have in order for it to properly grow and be strong and like it's crazy looking back at like what happened because now we're like why would we ever do that like why would we treat each other that way why would we say this and that but we see that it was because of sin we see that all we needed was god to like help us and it was like crazy because like god just lined it up so perfectly that we would all get saved around the same time that we would all all of a sudden like as soon as we get saved we don't have to be friendless we don't have to not have good influences around us but we could have you know a community where we can Mm. like speak life to each other and grow together Mm. God knows what you need. Yes. So tell him what you want. Oh. <laughs> Tea. Do you have anything 
Do you have anything to say, Miss Flex? Um, I th- <laughs> it definitely has impacted me because I've always like I wasn't scared. I mean, I guess I was scared, but it was like one of the main things was like not having friends at like a point like like it, as serious as I as I am with part like right now. Like I think that was one of my fears, like not having friends to actually talk to and like alexa said like not like judge each other towards certain things so yeah it definitely has like impacted me in many ways because like i know that like i can go to these like lovely girls and like tell them like hey this happened and you know because like unlike my school friends they're always gonna have like an opinion about certain things Mm -hmm. and not even girls but also guys like they're gonna have certain opinions about like things you say but like i know if i come to you guys like you guys like you guys aren't gonna be like judgmental towards like you know my opinion or things that i've said you know yeah what alexa was rude to me just now (laughs) she wouldn't let me express my emotions (laughs) my Um. on to the next Sorry, that was really loud. (laughs) How do you deal with drama between Christian friends? Okay, I mean... What's a biblical way? What's a godly way uh, to deal with drama? Okay, so before I give this input, I should probably say that, well, I have a very low tolerance for drama. For tea. And that will cause me to not necessarily be a part to be deep into the drama because I know people because people do know that if I like I were to get involved I would shut everything down instantly because I I just don't have tolerance for stupidity like that um but when I have had have had drama okay this is when I was lukewarm when we would have drama like I know Lex and Coco I can like firmly say this and you guys would be like this is true like we all had drama in the youth group like specifically like we between the girls and Mm -hmm. I remember like I thought Lex hated me. I thought Coco like I think I was a little closer to Coco, but I just felt like they had their own like group and I was kind of like the tomboy girl that was like excluded. That's that's truly how I felt and stuff. But when drama did arise, I would like be a little more nice because I'm like I don't want to continue to fan the flames. But now being saved, like what kind of Coco was saying, once God was the foundation of our relationship, yeah. Honestly, we really don't have drama with one another. Like, I've, I honestly, within this past year, I don't think I've ever gone to Coco and been like, Lex was so annoying today. I can't believe Lex did this. Like, and I've, uh, and likewise, I've never gone to Lex in this time period and been like, I can't believe Coco did this. She's so annoying. That's honestly, that hasn't happened. But when drama has arisen, once again, because of my, like, strong personality and low tolerance, I wasn't the person directly approached about, like, the drama I was approached by other people being like hey like this is kind of going on and there are times where I've intervened I've 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 all done this with a good heart I didn't go forth yelling at people being like what is wrong with you why are you being ignorant why are you being Repent. stupid because that's that's not the way that like you should really address this stuff but been like hey like what's going on like why is this issue happening I do. I I know it's somewhere in scripture. It's or, Matthew eighteen. There we go. <laughs> so read it. It's Matthew eighteen, starting in verse fifteen. It says, "If another believer sins against you, 
or in Greek it says if, uh, if your brother sins against you or just sinned, go privately and point, go, this is the key, go privately and point out the offense. In the, the 21st century, we have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok, and it can be very tempting to subtweet someone. It can be very tempting, or it can be very tempting to at yes, someone and to just, you know, go to anyone else except for that person and to vent or to just, you know, complain and gossip. But the Bible commands you to go to that person if you have a problem with them. So it says, if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. That was like a huge deal in the Bible, the whole like two and three witnesses thing. So basically it's saying you yourself have to confront someone if you have a problem with them. If they've done something that's offended you or sinned against you, go to them privately before doing anything. There's nothing that's prefacing that statement. And then if they're still like unwilling to see it from your side, if they still don't think they've done anything wrong, you take a friend with you. You take two people with you. Maybe you even need to take someone um, older than you in the faith. But that'll that'll come down. But you take someone else with you to talk to them, to you know, express yourself, to have them express themselves to you. And then it says, if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. So then you should bring it to a spiritual leader, a spiritual authority. And then it says, if you he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a, t a corrupt tax collector. So that's kind of crazy. Um, and then it says, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will, per will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. The power of agreement. For the, uh, where two or three gathers, my followers, there I am among them. Yeah. So don't ever just go off. I know that it can be tempting. Don't ever just go off. You have to you know, deal with that person yourself and deal with it one-on-one. -on -one. It's tempting to post yeah. the, sh the screenshots and to tee it up. But what you need to do is to confront that person yourself. Again, if there's still problem, there's still beef, bring another person or two along with you, have a confrontation. If there's still beef, bring that confrontation before a spiritual authority. And, you know, if that person is well-meaning, there's going to be, you know, resolution. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I never, you know, once drama starts, like what I said, like I really don't like it. I like to end it as soon as possible. So, like, let that be your end goal. Don't allow, you know, sometimes, like what Maria said, sometimes it's not with my friends, but let's say, like, if I'm talking to my brothers, there are some times, like, times where I really just want to pop off, like, really, yeah. really just want to yell at them, give them a piece of my mind because they do do stuff that, like, really makes me want to. Do do. What? <laughs> um, they do stuff sometimes that really makes me want to just uppercut them because I want to start a fight. But that's then the Holy Spirit awakens in me and is just like, hey, you stop. Think about what you're going to do. Like, is that really what Jesus would want you to do? You know, I know this sounds cliche, but WWJD, what would Jesus do? <laughs> Like, look, at, remind yourself of the scriptures. That's why you need to read your Bible. You need to know what the biblical um, solution is. And just end the fire. Don't let the fire burn. Don't let the fire flame and accumulate. Don't gossip about the person over time. Because yeah. eventually it's all going to bubble up into a mess that you yeah. don't want. And the best thing that you can do is pray. Like, pray for yourself. That you act out of love. You act out of, you know, in self you, self you exert self-control. But also pray for that person because if you're not seeing eye to eye, there's like an issue. 
So pray for that person, you know, ask God to, you know, open their understanding and to open your understanding so that you can see, you know, eye to eye. So the best thing that you can do instead of posting is praying instead of, you know, gossiping is praying for the person and praying for yourself in the situation. Yeah, and especially because I am definitely someone who, like I I said that I have a low tolerance for drama, but just in general, like I bet everyone at this table can agree that I am definitely a little more aggressive than most people. Like I, uh-huh. <laughs> um, like I will speak my mind on issues. So there definitely are times where I really, and it's also the way I kind of grew up, but there are definitely times where I really, really, really just want to be like, yo, like start speaking my mind, maybe say some stuff that may not be exactly like of the spirit. But <laughs> I think, thankfully, like I have definitely seen like beca- like being saved and like seeing the manifestation of the fruits of the spirit in my life. I've definitely seen an improvement. I am more patient yeah. before I reach a point where I'm Amen. like about to blow. Yeah. So definitely prayer does help, especially because I, I do pray. I do pray like, Lord, give me patience with my family because my family, my brothers are not living for the Lord. And my fam, my parents are kind of more so lazy with their relationship with God. So I do pray, Lord, give me patience with my family because if I lash out at everything they do, you know, nothing's ever going to get accomplished. It's just going to cause an even greater separation between me and them. Yeah. So pray, pray, pray. It's essential. Yeah. And for me, I'm a little different than Alexa. I'm the type bit. of person that never yeah, lashes out. Yeah. It's not that I don't confront people. It's just that I only do when it's like very needed like i don't know it's just i'm not the type of person to lash out or get angry and if i do i like usually keep it inside because that's just who i am (laughs) it reminds me of the disney channel song but um (laughs) 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 so that's the type of person i am so like whenever drama and stuff happened like usually it didn't happen to me like i would hear about it and stuff like that and be the person they talk to and the time, beti- besides youth group, I'm talking about, like, at school and stuff. But, like, when stuff did happen to me, I was the type of person that, like, if I couldn't trust you, I was like, okay, I'm just going to distance myself from you. And, like, that's how I dealt with drama before I was saved. And then, like, now I realize that, like, people mess up. People, you know, make mistakes, so I have to keep loving them. And, you know, they may not want to listen, but I have to keep, you know, being like what Jesus would be like he talked about and keep loving yeah. on them and you know if they don't agree at the end of the day I just you know respect them and uh, just keep our relationship going in the way yeah. God wants it to be <laughs> feels good I need you to feel um, my and I think all of this just has to do like it all comes when you sorry <laughs> it all comes from like like literally everything we've talked about will come with ease when you start getting closer to the Lord. Like in your natural self, it's difficult to like have boundaries. It's difficult to, you know, be like prudent. It's difficult to have, you know, the gifts uh, or the fruit of the spirit and, you know, operation in your life. But when you start getting closer to God and you start knowing like this is, there's so much that God has for me, those things become easier when you start yielding to the spirit and you start putting more things that are feeding your spirit into your life than things that are feeding your and satisfying your flesh so all this it's we're not here to you know this isn't a religious conversation none of this has happened overnight and as a result of us being religious it's happened as a result of yielding to the holy spirit and having that desire and that drive 
to have more of him and to get to know him and to have God know us on a deeper level. So I just want to end the talk off. I know it's been um, an interesting time and conversation and we've talked about a lot of stuff. Um, but I kind of want to just bring it back to like the whole point of why we were even having this chit chat, this kind of low key video. And it's just, you know, any advice, any parting wisdom on, you know, how can I, how can I live a godly life? You know, like what's, what's one piece of advice that has helped you or like one principle that has helped you be able to be transformed. And it can be something as simple as like, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I started, you know, that fire helped me get the crap out of my life or it can be something else so i just want to hear from everyone and uh kind of end things out just giving a peep or any it doesn't have to be just that but anything you want to say a word a word to the wise a word of advice that has to do with you know living a godly life go ahead Ma. um a piece of advice that i'd say is stay strong and mm. never say you can't Ooh, because if you do <laughs> if you do you just are literally gonna fill your mind with negativity and say you can and you will and from there and always pray prayer also really helps and then from there you strive with god um for me my advice is surround yourself with you know godly people and stuff like that because you know yes you can get close to god but when you're surrounded by those people it's just like without even being like sitting down okay let's talk about god you'll just start talking about god anyways and you'll start learning more from each other and like bringing each other to different services to hear like powerful messages and stuff like that so it's a really awesome way to like keep yourself encouraged and keep yourself like you know even like accountable like people will talk mm -hmm. to you like people will start talking about god around you those christian friends and if you haven't been spending as much time with god as you should have you'll like feel a conviction because you're like seeing them spending time with god and on fire for god you <laughs> then you realize that you need to like you know make sure that you're using your time right and stuff like that and Amen. most importantly just remember that you should just be focused on god and focused on going after what he has promised you in the bible amen 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 <laughs> for me my biggest piece of advice is for those who have a problem with allowing things to get out of their control, allow God to be in control because every single time I have finally said, okay, God, like here's my life and here's my everything, take it and I'll allow you to control my life. That's when so many good and fruitful mm. things have become a product of it. Even me being saved and on my road to salvation, like I had a major breakthrough in my life six days before I got saved. So this was March 9th when this big thing happened but essentially i was talking to someone about this last night it got to a point where i knew in my spirit the holy spirit was basically telling me you have to surrender everything and you have to be okay with allowing this stuff to be put in the hands of god instead of in your own hands because that's the only way things are going to get better and that's the only way you're going to receive the breakthrough that i you yeah. really desperately need in your life and that's when i was finally like okay god and when i was saved I grew up in church and I for the longest time I didn't know I was saved nor did I want to go up for a salvation call because I was in the back of my head thinking if people knew that I was unsaved or unsure people are going to treat me differently and finally being able to mm -hmm. let go of that mentality being like God I don't know if I'm saved and that's really not a good place to be and I truly want to be saved and finally going up having the boldness and just 
letting go of every single chain of my past saying like don't go don't go like don't let your friends know that like you weren't saved don't let the youth leader know don't let this whole church that you're at know that you weren't saved finally being like whatever like this is for jesus and i don't care about whatever the devil is trying to place into my head and finally going up for that altar call knowing that i'm saved was one of the best feelings in the world and even something that i was going through a few months ago when i was trying to figure out all this stuff going on with my family all some personal issues some personal decisions about my future not knowing what to do but yeah. starting to try to control it by myself and not allowing god to direct the steps once i was finally like god take it and don't allow me to think about all this stuff in the natural but allow me to think about it through the eyes of faith and through your holy spirit that definitely helped me and even in the context of godly living in the context of being a christian at school having i there was maybe a period of a few days where i was maybe scared about mm -hmm. what senior year was to come about living life as a christian but then i was like i i'm very hard on myself so i'm like Alexa, shut up. <laughs> like, allow this to be in God's hands and, like, you're going to have a flourished life. You're going to have a blessed life because God's going to see your faith and he's going to see that you're um, dying to your flesh and dying to the desire to control everything every single day and allowing God to control it. And that's going to be a game changer in your life. So please, 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 if you're someone who is trying to conceal everything, keep it in your own personal bubble, mm -hmm. keep everything locked in inside, pretending everything is all right, stop it because you're hurting yourself and you're detriment you're de causing detriment yeah causing detriment towards your possible amazing relationship yeah. with god and an yeah. amazing life that god is ready to give because he's a god that wants to bless you he's not a god where he's like I'm, my only gift to you is salvation no and i remember even coco saying like jesus is our blueprint and our example of how we should live on earth and what i think it was maria Vesica. oh no i'm pretty sure it was you anyway anyways uh, <laughs> Like, he's our blueprint. And seeing how, like, Jesus lived and him saying, like, Jesus said that, yes, there's going to be hardships and trials, but the stuff that pe many people living in the natural world live with, we, we don't have to deal with, like, even with sickness and disease. When was Jesus ever recorded biblically, like, that he had a cold? Or, like, even something little as a cold, when yeah. was that ever recorded? And Jesus definitely dealt with stress and hardship towards the very end of his life but jesus lived a very very happy life since when were are we ever condemned to sadness and since when were we ever condemned to holding on to weights that yeah. were never ours to carry yeah. that's what the whole purpose of jesus dying on the cross yeah. so we could take away our burdens and our sins so get rid of that mentality that you have to control everything and everything has to be okay and you have to put on this mask saying that you know as long as everything is in my control and as long as everyone around me is not asking me questions then i'm okay get rid of that and stop trying to control your own life and allow God to control it. Allow the spirit to control it because that's going to be the best decision that you ever make. Amen. That was powerful. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, I just, I kind of shared mine earlier. If you're saved, but you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit in with the evidence of speaking in tongues, we believe that every believer is filled with the Holy Spirit upon salvation, that God, the Bible says you become his temple. So he lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, not Jesus. Jesus is in heaven, in glory. But we believe the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. But we believe that there's something called the baptism in the Holy Spirit that gives you power Amen. to live a godly life and power to be a witness. So the greatest thing that I did was have, be encouraged to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that fire that you receive through the baptism in the Holy Spirit will disintegrate every like taste that you have for the world. And that just that... Every day, you know, we talked about this 
um, two weeks ago. And I, I talked about this at youth group on Wednesday. You have to die to yourself, the Bible says, mm-hmm. and you have to take up your cross and follow Jesus, which means dying to your flesh and your sinful nature and your old way of thinking. So just the, the, the key to living a godly life is realize that you have died to your old self. You're Amen. a new creation. You're not that person that you once were. Even if you were doing something terrible last night, as soon as you ask God for forgiveness and you repent, you're, you're brand new. And you, you're, you're not that old, you're condemned to be that old person that you were. So just live in the light of the fact that you are new. Yeah. And you are, I am righteous. I'm the righteousness of Christ, mm-hmm. righteousness of God in Christ. That I am restored, I am whole, I am healed, I am delivered. I, I'm, I don't live subject to sin, but I live subject to the glory and the grace of God. And just believing that yeah. every day and walking in that truth. Because when temptation comes, then you're go- you're not going to be like, oh, oh, oh. It's not going to be a fight anymore. It's going to be... Amen. Wow, I'm worth so much to God, and God has made me new. So when those things come, you you can have that. Anyone can be tempted, but you don't yield to things the way that you used to, and it becomes easy and easier to live for God, and harder and harder to live for the world. Yeah, and even something really quick to add on to what Maria said, you know, in Scripture it says when you are saved, you are. I you know. A plane flying over. It's a it's definitely a vacuum. Mama! Mama! Se escucha el vacuum! <laughs> <laughs> I heard that too. I'm like, what's getting sucked out of the atmosphere? Okay, okay. We'll, cut, we'll just cut this out. Yeah, I, I, but I this stuff really. To add on to Maria's point, in scripture it says when you were born again, you're born again. You're not, it doesn't say that you're a born again sinner. That's not what it says. So to for people who you become ha- a saint. Yes, yes, yes. Saint, not sinner. To both begin with an S. Both are very different things. Like even with scripture, sometimes people overlook the scripture. But this is like a tiny Office reference. Um, oh, uh, the, the Office amazing show. But, uh, um, there, there is this one acronym from it, and it was called Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> um, but like, like with your salvation, don't look at yourself like you're a sinner. Like after yeah. you mess up again, because. I think it's John 3, right? Like the John, the third chapter. Third John? Third John. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I mean to say. But doesn't it, that's where it talks about, you know, like living as a, like yeah, living John, saved. First like, John 3, yeah, yeah. So read third and John and James, like what she said. Um, don't look at yourself like you're a sinner still because that's not how, you know, Jesus, the, God sees us as pure as snow when we're saved. So look at yourself like that. And don't look at yourself like every single time you mess up being like, oh, I'm just as bad as I was unsaved. I'm a sinner again. Don't look at yourself like that because that's not how Jesus sees you. Throw off that old mentality. You are not a sinner. You are a child of God. Amen. Amen. If you're watching and you've never given your heart to the Lord, do it now. The time is so short. You can see that there's signs all over this world that Jesus is coming back and that he's coming soon. And we want to see you in eternity. We want you to see you in w- when the Lord, <laughs> we want to see you be there. So if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, or you did once but you fell away, why don't you pray this with me right now? You say this prayer from your mouth, so say it out loud, but you pray this with your heart. Say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died. And that you rose again and that you're coming back for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost 
and a hunger for the things of God and a boldness to preach the gospel. I am saved. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Amen. So you are brand new. She brand new. She acting brand new. You are brand new. There's a party going on in heaven. So welcome to the family of God. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, again, we're going to be out in the streets. We won't be out this weekend. <laughs> Actually, we will be out this weekend because you'll be hearing this this weekend. So we'll be out again. Street evangelism. If you want to get involved, you can hit us up on Remnant. You can go to our website, weareremnant.com, to find all of our information, our social links. You can follow us on Instagram, we are Remnant, and it's RMNT. And you can find the Remnant Youth Podcast and the Remnant Youth Ministry on Instagram at remnant rmnt underscore yth um, we pray that you guys have been blessed if you want to sow seed to see people saved to see the gospel brought yes to see the gospel brought you can give we are remnant.com slash give on cash app and venmo we are remnant paypal.com slash we are remnant um, and you can sow a seed and see the gospel brought to our generation and we have we did announce this last week but the devotionals are starting and they've already, yeah, by then you guys would have already seen them. So, ooh, we're hearing from the future. We're here from the past to tell you about the future. So the devotionals will have started. Catch us every day, Monday through Friday. They're going to be posted over on Remnant, uh, Remnant Youth's Instagram page. We can link them. I'll, we'll make a playlist on YouTube and link them after they happen. Um, so I will post them. We'll probably post them on Friday from the week. And keep them as IGTVs. But we hope that you guys, you know, take that opportunity to be able to grow in the word. If you've been struggling to make that discipline of daily devotions, if you've been struggling to find time to spend with the Lord, I would just encourage you, take this as a reset for you. Take this as a time to get back into discipline, to get back in the word, to get back into prayer. And you will not regret it. You will reap incredible benefits from doing so. So let's say goodbye, everyone. Love you, and we believe that God's best is yet to come. Hi, this is Coco speaking. I just want to say I love you all and have an amazing, blessed rest of the week. Bye. <laughs>